What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Brandon Tanguma, here for night one and night two of the NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver recap. But, you know, I never do it alone. He's my tag team partner. He's the the J to my Jimmy, the Oli to the Arn. I can't remember because he just says it so fast and so quick. I don't remember what he says. But anyways, and yes, he is the new Bullet champion. Why is it, you know, one defense per night? Why shouldn't it just be one night for both shows and then combined whoever had the best record? That's, you know, that's not up to me. That's up to the commission. The Bullet Cast champion, Philip Antoine, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, the microphone messiah, the California classic, the 12-time Bullet Cast champion. You know what? They call me Philly Takeover now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It feels good to be king. Only, I mean, when you think about world championship wins, you think of Flair, you think of Cena. The only other person I know that is 12 is Hogan. And, well, I'm not in the same conversation as him because, frankly, I'm better, you know, better entertainer, better human being. Um, yeah, man, it feels good. feels good to be the world champion one more time. I love it. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very grateful. I'd like to thank the Academy. I really would, you know. I do it for the people. I, I'm the only traveling champion in the history of this show. You know, I've, I've gone all over the Bay Area with that thing. So this is this is a huge honor. But we're here to talk about NXT TakeOver Night 1 and 2. Brandon, Night 2, it, it already happened. It happened right now. We just got done with it. Sh- should we start with that? Are you? I mean, but you're hosting. So what yeah, are we doing? I am hosting, which means we start from the beginning, okay? We start with Night 1. And because I am hosting, I got to give respect to the pre-show because pre-shows matter, okay? And we had a women's match. We had Zoe Stark. Take it on Tony Storm. Don't say it too fast, or else you'll say Tony Stark versus Zoe Storm. Very confusing. But anyway, Zoe Stark defeats Tony Storm. We haven't seen Tony Storm, I believe. Tony Stark. Tony. Tony Storm. Don't get me confused, Philip. All right, I'm already <laughs> being very careful with my words to begin with. We haven't seen Tony Storm since I believe the last takeover when she lost the triple threat match with Raquel and Io. She just randomly comes back and then loses to Zoe Stark, who just loses all of her matches. That being said to Raquel and Io, but she's always losing her matches and now she beats Tony. Philip, what is going on here? You know, I'm a big Tony fan and she gets her moment to shine kind of in a takeover. Then she loses. But no, she had a match on NXT a few weeks later. She lost that match. And that's the last time we saw her. And now she's losing to Zoe Stark. Yeah, I saw that she lost to her and I was just like, oh, okay. Um, I mean, Tony, you know, she, she she's the biggest star. I, I I don't know. I don't I don't know. They they want to give the rookies the the wins, I guess. They want to give the rookies the wins, yet she comes in, wins her first match, then loses like three straight, and then now she gets another win. So fantastic. Fifty not even fifty fifty booking because she's still under five hundred. That's um that we need Steiner for that math. That's what we need. For four twenty booking. <laughs> there you go. See what you did there. It's coming up too. Uh, we get on the stage to perform America the Beautiful. We have Nita Strauss. Shout out her. She's been on uh, WrestleMania. She's been a part of NXT a few times. But the official first match of TakeOver was Kushida taking on Pete Dunne. This was the match to determine who is the best technical wrestler. And for the most part, this was a technical clinic. The advantage 
went to Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn got the win at around the 10 minute mark. Pete goes to the fingies, which is always his go-to move, you know, goes for the snap, step on the fingies, and he hits the bitter end for the win. No shock here. Pete Dunn consistently being on, you know, a higher level than Kushida, but still a really good match. Yeah, this is uh this was Kushida's moment and he, he uh he didn't deliver at stand and deliver, so I don't I don't know what's next for him, man. I, I think it's uh I think it's back to the drawing board, maybe, possibly. I don't know too much what you can do with Kushida at this point. You can't elevate him to a world title shot right now. He's been there, done that with Johnny Gargano as the North American champion. I guess you can continue either this feud with Pete Dunne or another feud with a different heel. Possibly maybe a cruiserweight, Cameron, cruiserweight Cameron Grimes. Cruiserweight championship opportunity. But he's also kind of been there, done that as well. He's like, he's done not everything, but in the mid to lower card, he's almost kind of done everything. And for the most part, he's lost all those matches. So it's almost kind of like, you know, do you really want to do a repeat? But now you can tell the story of him trying to get the win. I remember, I think like a year ago, they try to, you know, turn the page on him and say he's more motivated, trying to do this for his family. And it's just kind of same old, same old with Kushida. And I think we talked about it a little bit on the regular Bullet on the IG Live where, you know, Kushida, he kind of did everything in New Japan. I was excited to see what he can do in NXT. And honestly, it's been a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah, yeah, it has. I mean, we I, we talked about it earlier today on the Bullet Cast. Uh, go go listen to that. We talked about kind of the comparisons between him and Hideo, where Hideo he was really injured more often, and uh, I I think he actually won more matches when he was on TV than Kushida does. So it's just the uh, it's just kind of the standard of where he, he's a really good wrestler, but he's going to come up short all the time. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where he's been slotted at. We did see Pete Dunn with Birch and Lorcan on night two. Where does this go from here? We do not know. Next up, we had the Gauntlet Eliminator match. The winner gets a shot at Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship on night two. Very simple explanation for how this match works. Every, I think, three minutes, someone else comes in, elimination style, bing, bang, boom. First two were Leon Ruff and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Ruff was attacked before he even came out, so no entrance for Swerve. We get right into it, really, an extended beatdown for uh, Ruff. Then Bronson Reed comes out. Then Cameron Grimes comes out. Dexter Loomis comes out. Then LA Knight comes out. So we get all six competitors, I believe, in the ring at the same time. Uh, Leon Ruff being the first one eliminated. Then uh, Dexter Loomis gets rolled up on by LA Knight. Then Bronson Reed pins LA Knight again. Then we get uh, Swerve and Bronson Reed going back and forth. All in all, the match goes around 23 minutes and Bronson Reed gets the win. Um, the LA Knight entrance, you know, he, yeah, I got the Eli, I mean, he's Eli Drake forever. I mean, he hit the, let me talk to you. Loved it all. Should have kept his name. Uh, I thought, I mean, LA Knight winning would have been something different as I look at a can of Bud Light. I, I thought it would have been, uh, would have been something, uh, I got scared. I, I lost my beer <laughs> behind my computer the whole time, but thought it should have been a different route that they could have went. But, uh, you know, the, the big thick boy Bronson Reed, you know, an impressive performance in the six. Uh, was it the six pack challenge, six man gauntlet, whatever they called it? And then uh, tonight on night two, oh my god, we that 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 was awesome. I forgot to mention my boy Cameron Grimes 
was in there as well. As I said, Bronson Reed and Swerve Scott were the last two men in the ring. And the action, the athleticism, everything I thought in this match was really well done. But the ending didn't exactly work for me because I had it was not really believable for me personally that Swerve was going to win this match. He hasn't done anything leading up to it. I mean, even Cameron Grimes, I felt, had a much more believable opportunity. And he was dealt. I talked about it. You know, Knight, L.A. Knight, Bronson Reed, and Dexter Loomis were kind of the three favorites going into it. And then when you, you know, knock both those guys out and it's just Bronson Reed versus Swerve Scott in the end, we all kind of knew where it was going. But it was all in all enjoyable at the end of the day then we get the match a lot of people myself included was looking forward to the most possibly on the entire takeover maybe the entire wrestlemania weekend tomaso champa takes on walter for the nxt uk championship homie lost to a chop and a suplex what was the last move that was hit before the pinfall the chop suplex chop combo no, it was the chop. That was the last move hit. Um, people on the internet are not happy. Because, uh, like, you look at how many times did he chop Dragunov and Dragunov didn't lose to a chop. So are you telling me that Ilya Dragunov is stronger than Tommaso Ciampa? I am not saying that. I but... mean, that's kind of that's what they're saying. But this is Walter's gimmick. He's the chop machine. I've never seen him beat anybody with a chop before. Well, now you have. This is what you got to do, especially NXT, where it's, when the in the big matches, it's finisher, 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 spam, 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 big move after big move. Sometimes you just got to reel it back a little bit. And when a chop pins, you know, gets the pinfall, you always keep that in the back of your mind. So you're like, oh, it was just a chop. But it's I need, Walter's chop. I, I need, I need get it done. It's, it's a stretch for me right now. Maybe if he pins more people with it of credible name, Incredible name. I mean, that value. was like what 300 pounds of thick boy, double handed, backhanded chop. I, I wouldn't have lost to no chop. I ain't no bitch. But look cast after dark, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> know what I'm saying? I'm glad Chompa did get rid of his old man hair, his homeless hair. I was starting to get scared. Oh, uh, but yeah, man. I mean, it was a it was very physical. I I, I enjoyed this until I kind of got taken out of it by the loss to a chop. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I didn't have the issue with the finish. I thought the finish was, it was good, but the match overall was just super hard hitting. Wasn't the biggest fan of the the chop to the ring table, the ring announcer's desk, where it was like so obvious that they pre-cut that thing. But that being said, hard hitting all over the place. Tommaso Ciampa, everyone, you know, talks about Gargano selling. Ciampa selling wait, is wait, phenomenal wait, wait, as well. Hold on, hold on. His chop is so powerful that it ended a match. His chop isn't that powerful that it could break the table. I think it, I, I think so. I, I mean, think it can, so- but when it's like a clean, like zigzag alligator, that, you know, that's the precision. Chop. That's the precision. Like he mastered the chop the way Shawn Michaels mastered the super kick. He mastered the chop. I mean, if you chop some, if I were to chop my desk right now, it's no, not going to perfectly you, be split down the middle with perfect angles. Like you, I was going to take out my, uh, my soundproof board thingies, the little styrofoam things, those little teeth. That's exactly what it looked like. No, no, no. Look, if you're going to defend the chop, you have to defend all aspects of the chop. I can believe that Walter could do that. You, I mean, you don't have the power and strength that Walter has. 
You don't have the precision that Walter has for the I job. I believe he can chop a thing in half, but just the way it came about and the way where they just did a close-up after the fact, like if they didn't do the close-up, I would have been perfectly fine. But when you do the close-up and it's clear as day that the table was gimmicked, I mean, come on. I've never heard of a gimmick table a day in my life. Someone's never seen the, whatchamacallit, the secrets of the ring? I, I, th- there are no secrets. We, we, we don't know how tricks are done here. Did not get a stunt granny on this takeover, unfortunately. Sad to see, but no stunt granny. Uh, 16, 17 minutes, Walter gets the win. He rejoins with Imperium. They all do the pose on the rampway. Fantastic match. Uh, we got a recap of the dog running around the PC. We get uh, Frankie Monet will be the uh, newest addition to the NXT Women's roster on Tuesday, also known as Taya Valkyrie. Really? That's that's Taya. Yes, that is Taya. Oh, oh, why would they do that? Why why would they do that? Because you gotta gotta own the name. No, you don't. Hey, bro. If Unless I'm you're Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Samoa Joe, Patrick Strong, AJ Styles, Keith Lee. Mia Yim. Not even the women. I don't think there's a single woman. Mia Yim, own, she owns her. Oh, yeah, Mia Yim. I guess Mia Yim is the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, man, if I were... That that would be my one thing for going to WWE. Like, hey, like whatever name I'm wrestling with on the indies, I got to keep it. That's, that, that's, that's the rule if you guys want me. You know what I'm saying? We uh, come back... Well, technically, since... There was the Peacock version and the USA version. The Peacock had a little bit extra stuff thrown in. We have a backstage interview with Bronson Reed. Uh, Johnny Gogano stormed in. So we get a little bit of a, a fun dynamic between those guys uh, headed into their match tonight. And we get the triple threat NXT Tag Team Championship. This was vacated because of Danny Burch's shoulder injury that he uh, hurt during a match with Karrion Cross. MSK, Legato del Fantasma, and Grizzled Young Veterans, the three men, three teams in this match. This was a more traditional triple threat match where all three teams were in the ring at the same time. It actually makes sense. One of the things I hate the most is when they have the triple threat to Fredo four-way tag team match and they have to have the convoluted spots of someone tagging in another team. But they didn't have it in this, which I absolutely loved. Really grinds my gears. Uh, there's too much going on where they're all in there. I, I like the tagging in. I'm, I'm a fan. I hate the tagging in 15 minutes, 24 seconds. MSK wins and is your new NXT men's tag team champions. I really love this match. The beginning little clunky, not a little clunky at times, especially when it's a triple threat and you got the six men in there. You kind of got the resting that also happened in the gauntlet match as well. But at the end, they kind of rid it out. They written off Legato del Fantasma. So you got it between GYV and msk where those are the two guys you, those are the two teams you pretty much saw were going to be the winners and so they had a nice little flurry the last 90 to two, 90 seconds to two minutes and really enjoyed it msk gets the win feel good for them and the new tag team wins the dusty cup and go on and win the tag team championships this was like the acronym tag team championship jesus um i thought it, you know i thought it was cool i, I would have liked uh, legato del fantasma to win i think msk Chasing, <clears throat> excuse me, chasing some heels would have been really cool, but uh, you you want to you want to show that they're a dominant tag team. You want to show that it doesn't take uh, four to five years of being at NXT to finally win the title. 
you just come you just come right in, you take the division by storm and you become champion. Nicely done. Yes, good for them. And we also know the new number one contenders, but we'll talk about that later. They show uh, Saray, S-A-R-R-A-Y, a Japanese woman's wrestler in the audience with Stephanie McMahon. They advertised her a few weeks back on NXT. She made her debut. So we get another addition to the already loaded NXT women's roster. Congratulations. Don't know too much about her, but... We've been, whatever, three for three, four for four with all the Japanese women NXT assigned, so I'm excited to see what she can do. Speaking of one of those Japanese women, Io Shirai, the NXT Women's Champion, defends against Raquel Gonzalez with Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai not in the corner. I believe she kind of walked her out, but Dakota Kai nowhere near the match, doesn't get involved whatsoever. And in the end, it goes 12 minutes, 55 seconds, and your new NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez. We failed to mention the set that NXT had for uh, stand take over, stand and deliver. They had the WrestleMania Pirate Skull in the corner. They also had kind of the Deadly Game Survivor Series '98 uh, skull on the ramp, and Io Shirai, of course, jumped off that skull. And that was her kind of big shining moment. A little big old crossbody to her. Roll her back into the ring. They go back and forth for a little bit. But in the end, Raquel Gonzalez gets the win. Philip, first, your thoughts on the staging. We didn't exactly talk too much about it. Different, you know, kind of made it that extra takeover feel compared to what we see on regular NXT. I, I, I liked it. I noticed the skull tonight. I didn't notice it last night. Uh, I'm talking about the pirate skull in the corner for WrestleMania. I like how the ramp connects to the ring. I've always liked that aesthetic. I know Impact was famous for doing that for quite some time. Ah, uh, yep. Yeah. You know, this was a cool match. Uh, Io Shirai did a crossbody off that giant skull. She went for the uh, the, the moon salt. Uh, Raquel kicked out of it, and well, how did Raquel finish her? What what, what was the move? She hits her one arm power bomb. Uh, one arm power bomb for the dub. Congratulations to the formal the former Sonya Deville Jr. Raquel Gonzalez, the new NXT Women's Champion. Congrat. Uh, the hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad guys. Yeah. Or bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Bad girls do in this case. I thought Raquel was going to get the win here. She didn't exactly do too, too much in this match. EO definitely created a lot more of the movement, but Raquel wasn't asked to do too much. And what she did do, I thought it was really effective. I really enjoyed this match. It was short and sweet, 13 minutes, as I said. So they didn't overstay their welcome. The longer matches was for night two. And overall, I really enjoyed the show. Fill up night one, your favorite match and your overall grade. Man, um, I, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a C. Like I, I didn't think it was spectacular. I thought it was cool. I, I thought it was cool. Favorite match? Uh, I'll go the six man uh, gauntlet. You know the the visual of uh, Dexter Loomis choking out. Well, I think it was Cameron Grimes on the outside. That was cool. Congratulations to Big Thick Boy Bronson Reed for uh beating all those top contenders. Extra Loomis choked out LA Knight. LA Knight on the, outside, on the outside. But I was definitely higher on this show than you were. Not going to give it an A grade, but I will give it a B plus. I thought it was really good. None of the matches really uh, failed to deliver. One might say they stood and delivered. But my favorite match is going to be that Walter Tommaso Ciampa match. I'm not as high on it as I think some other people are saying, you know, best match, going to win match of the year, anything like that. 
I'm not as high as on that match as some other people, but I really did enjoy it. And it's set up nicely. They didn't go too crazy, especially with the hardcore stuff, because night two was much more of a hardcore type of match. Then moving on to a night two, we got to talk about the pre-show because I always do. We get the number one contender tag team match. We get uh, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane taking on Brizongo and Killian Dane and Drake Maverick win. So they are your new number one contenders. Good for them. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I like Killian Dane. I, I, I like his look, the big rugged man, you know. Uh, but I thought, I thought maybe he would have made a nice uh, NXT UK champion or North American champion. But I, hey, man, I, I guess he, uh, he, he can be in a tag team with uh, Drake Maverick. I guess that's all right. This just kind of shows how weak the NXT tag team division is because the three, legit. I mean, Legato del Fantasma isn't like super legitimate because they kind of lose all the time but when you get msk gyv and uh l d f then and then you just got brizongo and killing daniel with drake maverick just kind of the the two last guys there it's like okay you know whatever uh i also forgot to mention there was like a decent sized crowd for takeover not gonna you know talk about political anything like that it was a pretty full crowd everyone was masked up but a lot bigger than what we've seen in the past on these nxt shows so it did give a little bit more of an atmosphere to uh the takeovers yeah yeah dude i mean like you have the people that are below the uh the screen you know, that are on the side you know with the caged fence or whatever normally have- that would be like one row but on this one they had two rows and they had a full section kind of behind the announcing table Behind the, they normally have behind the announcing table and then on the other side of the uh, ring as well and then up like kind of like rafter like uh, up above I was like oh okay they got uh, they got a nice nice little crowd here that's what's up and for better or for worse the crowd did stand out in at points especially I think on night two more than night one yeah to open the show we had poppy kind of NXT's uh whatever musician she's always kind of on there especially for EO's uh, entrances she performed a song stand deliver look at that great branding great marketing there and then she gets into the ring and then she just starts screaming her head off the band goes super hard and yeah i mean philip i know you're such a big poppy fan what do you think of this i don't even know who this person is wow the disrespect for poppy. <laughs> i don't even know who poppy, that poppy's last album i know it's been a while but it is an absolute banger what year was that 20, I, th- I believe it's that, the end uh, of 2019. Oh, no, uh, that's not that bad. I mean, uh, yeah, I just I didn't know who this person was. I was like, well, who, the, who the hell is this? Like, well, what's going on here? You know? No, I disagree. 2020. So even earlier, I think it was at the beginning of 2020. Absolute banger of an album, I gotta say. If you're, you know, it's definitely more rock and metalish. If that's not your style, I understand. But it's a great, great album. And now let's get into it. Uh, kind of awkward. Poppy performs in the ring, and then they don't even throw to a video package. They go like fade to black, come back, and then it's like Poppy just disappeared, and the band disappeared. And now we're just getting right back into it. So obviously, I think the Poppy performance was pre-taped. But the first match, Jordan Devlin takes on Santos Escobar. Double championship match for the unification of the Cruiserweight titles. At the end, Santos Escobar is the unified cruiserweight champion at around 18 minutes. Legado del Fantasma does get involved a tad bit, but they get involved not enough to be in the finish. Then they never come out again after it didn't work the first time. But overall, big match. couple big spots, not too spotty. 
it didn't okay. it didn't deliver. It didn't it did like like it was, I mean like Shawn Michaels the, the 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 god of the ladder match gave them a ladder and said, "Hey, why don't you do this at takeover? You're supposed to stand and deliver. You're supposed to over-deliver in a ladder match." They did not. Now the spot where uh Escobar headbutts uh Devlin and he goes through the ladder, thought that was cool. Kid hit a nice moonsault, did a nice Spanish fly, but other than that, I mean they they didn't really deliver for me. C plus for that. As an opener to a takeover with a main event with a much bigger hardcore stipulation, I thought it was perfectly fine. Devlin did a lot of the, I mean, I think most of the high flying. He had a moonsault off the ladder. We got a Spanish fly. We got Devlin getting pushed off a ladder through the wooden ladder in the corner. And overall, you know, good match. Besides, I kind of wish they just ditched Legato del Fantasma as a whole. But then that also kind of makes Escobar kind of a baby face. And then also after he wins, he goes he goes up to the ramp, celebrates with his boys and his kid is there. So how am I supposed to boo the man who has, you know, this cute little kid and he's talking to him, puts his mask on. They're both holding the titles. I mean, it's almost kind of like negative one. How am I supposed to how am I supposed to hate Santos Escobar after this? I I I never hated Santos Escobar. I love Santos Escobar. I mean, he's the he's what does he said? The emperor of Lucha Libre. I mean, he's not the Lord. He's not Pentagon. Know what I'm saying? But uh, Santos, you know, where, where does he go from here? That's the real question. The he's, undisputed he, champion of the cruiserweights. He's he, the best cruiserweight in the world. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, completely lost my train of thought that I was going to say. We we're talking about the kid. We we're talking about the match. How do you boo the man? All that other stuff. I don't know. I'll, I'll, oh, the fans. This was kind of the first match that I really recognized the fans being kind of different than what the match exactly was. I think they were trying to pivot or have Devlin be more of the baby face and Escobar the heel in the situation, especially with the goons coming out attacking him. But for the most part, I know this is going to be an NXT USA crowd, so they're going to be more apt to cheer Escobar because more familiar with him. But we saw in this match and some other matches, the crowd was not firmly behind Escobar, but they were definitely kind of, you know, behind him a lot more than the prototypical babyface in this match. Absolutely. Hey, when he got suplexed on the ladder or backdropped on the ladder, and he yelled, "I Gabron," I was like, "Ha ha! I I get it. That's that 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 that's nice." Oh man, love love it all. We get Mackenzie Mitchell talking to MSK about their next challengers. They have some cute slash eye rolling back and forth about them predicting and disagreeing on who's going to win the two tag team or the two main events. I mean, MSK, the matches, I really enjoy them, but still their character work and the way they come across a little too goofy, a little too uh, corny for my liking. I know you can't go back to impact where they're, you know, the laid back weed smokers, but can I find a a good middle ground? You already have one of those on uh, raw that forgets his lines. Uh, I mean, MSK, it's fine. It's whatever, man. We get the women's tag team champion, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon defend against the Ways, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. The match goes about 10 minutes, 30 seconds. This match was uh, you know, perfectly fine. Uh, put the heat on Ember and Shotzi, make the comeback. Shotzi almost died. Good God, she goes for a suicide dive, over-rotates. Luckily, she over-rotates so much that she lands on her back. If you haven't seen the gif, I mean, it, it's a little tough to watch, but Shotzi is okay. I believe 
on the like that first ever Evolve show they put on the network. Shotzi was on there, and she did a suicide dive, and she almost did the exact same thing. She she scored. Yeah, in the in, in the chairs. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I saw the entrances. I saw the gif of her almost dying, and that's about it. Wow. Yeah, I was I, I, I was out getting food, and yeah. Well, anyways, this match was there. Nobody heard this all I can ask for. This was kind of your, I mean, this match could have fit perfectly fine on a NXT television main event. It would have been a really good main event TV, or maybe not really good, but a solid TV main event title match for a takeover. It's kind of there. This is kind of what you get when the, with the two nights kind of padding it out. Overall, maybe you could have taken this match off or maybe put on night one, but you also have the TV constraints of USA, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, this one was probably the, the low light, but that being said, it's it was still a, a really good match. Then Stephanie McMahon shown once again because she is just the goddess of WWE and just gives us everything that is holy. She was sitting next to NCAA champion wrestler Gable Stevenson. That's my boy, Minnesota's own. What? What? Next in line? Next in line? Could, could he be the next angle? We don't know. We don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. Shout out to him, man. I, I love I love Gable Stevers, uh, Stevenson. Steverson? Stevenson? Yeah. Uh, the, the great standout. You know, the, the, the kid's got something. Uh, I, I can't wait to see him uh, apply that amateur wrestling style to the pro wrestling world. They didn't explicitly say that he was signed, but it's, uh, it's, it's kind of strongly hinted at. It's, 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 it's inevitable. Yeah, I haven't seen really anything of him. I believe doesn't he have a documentary on HBO Max? I've seen. Possibly. Probably, probably should check that out. But overall, I mean, he looks like a million bucks. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what his height is. Hey, so I, Brock endorsed him. That's all you need to know. That's a pretty good endorsement to get. Moving on, we get the NXT North American Championship match. Bronson Reed takes on Johnny Gargano with Austin Theory. Johnny Gargano, I think, reusing his Iron Man suit. And this bleeds into the second hour. Gargano retains 16 minutes, 22 seconds. Kind of an odd matchup with the oversized babyface taking on the undersized heel. Austin Theory on the outside gets involved a tad bit at the very end. But at the end of the day, Gargano hits two of his DDT finishers for the win. It was great, man. I mean, Reed hitting Johnny hard throughout the match, hitting the uh, the. He hit the he hit the uh, wait, 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 wait he 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 calls his move jagged edge. Bronson Reed's yeah, sure why not? I the the oh man, wow I thought I was original when I, when I named a move jagged edge my bad damn. Anyway I thought it was cool man I mean he was flying all over the place he uh he would hit a suicide dive on or tope suicide on Austin Theory he went for a a moon salt. he moves like Vader and Bam Bam dude it's cool. I, I like I like homie all in all Johnny takeover, you know he reigns supreme. Congratulations, he is still the uh, NXT North American champion. He is, and I believe that he has a winning streak of like two or three. So good for Johnny takeover. He's actually winning some takeover matches. Really enjoyed this match. I gotta say, shout out to Bronson Reed. Uh, maybe you gotta resize your singlet, buddy, because I know I understand you got the big waist, kind of a smaller chest. He had some titty meat flopping out from time to time when he was wrestling. I understand. Big boy problems. Bro, hey, man. When I used to wrestle, dude, sometimes I'd have a couple of nip slips. And that's it. 
<laughs> it's not flattering. It's not. Oh my god. Oh Jesus. It's all right. Hey, the poison Rana that uh, Gargano gave uh, Reed. That that was dope. I like. I that. will say that they set up a like super power bomb that or Gargano was going to hit a top rope Hurricane Rana that Reed was going to counter. They boshed it a little bit. Gargano fell down, but I thought they recovered nicely. Didn't miss a beat. Uh, Reed hit some of the power bomb kick out. I thought that was, you know, really good, you know, good recovery. Sometimes some wrestlers will kind of scramble back to the original place and it just looks so fake, but I thought it was really good. And overall this match, it delivered. I thought this match was really good. 16 minutes, you know, it was believable for the undersized heel to get one up. He cheated a tad bit and overall, you know, gets the win. He can move forward. There wasn't a ton storyline wise because Bronson Reed has been doing his thing with LA Knight, but, uh, Solid wrestling matches, I kind of predicted, if Reed was going to be in this match. Yes, sir. It was great. They didn't miss a beat. Hell, it, it took two final beats to beat the big, thick boy. Yes, sir. Then in the co-main event, the title match was in the main event, or in the co-main event. Finn Balor, the champion, takes on Karrion Cross with Scarlett for the NXT Championship. They did the little walk-ups. They did this for all the title matches. You see the wrestlers walk in backstage before they get into the uh, gorilla position. And apparently, Karrion Cross. every time he's shown on screen, he's in a black and white filter because he's spooky, I guess. Anyways, uh, Cross and Scarlett do their entrance. You know, looks cool over the top. Finn Balor comes out, does his entrance. They had uh, pictures of his highlights at WrestleMania, him in the demon costume, and, you know, his career highlights kind of sprinkled throughout trying to get in his head. Finn Balor comes out, no demon, but he does have a red X painted over his heart. And uh, your thoughts on the entrances and kind of the way both of them carried themselves cross came out to kind of a, uh, a Roman gladiator type of look with the kind of trunks with the things he, hanging over. Yeah. He was like, this is Sparta. Yeah, man. Uh, he had to, Finn Balor had the X painted on his uh, over his heart because he's the heartbeat of NXT. That's simple as that. Hey man, the the Herald the uh, Herald of Doomsday he defeated the Prince. It, it, it was cool, man. I mean, you know the the forearms and the elbows to the back of the head. I was like, ooh ah. So is, is that just his new finish now? He's not even rocking the uh, the, uh, the the Saito suplex as the finish anymore. He's just clobbering dudes in the back of the uh, in the back of the skull on the cerebellum. I guess the Saito suplex is the setup. It's, it's, kinda, this, it's it's like Walter and his chop. Like, what's the difference between Walter's chop and Karrion Cross's elbows? Okay, dude, if you claw, if you throw your elbow full speed in the back of somebody's head and knock them out, yeah. If you chop somebody in the chest, oh, you can you can lose your breath, and that's enough to kind of stun you for like five seconds. I'm just saying, like, if Cross elbows me in the back of the head, yeah, I'm down for a pinfall. If Walter chops me, I'm kicking out. That's all I'm saying. As you said, Cross wins 17 minutes it clocks in at. And I really enjoy this match. Not as good, I would say, as Balor's other title defenses against Pete Dunn and Kyle O'Reilly. Maybe this means in the future, Cross with the championship matches, they're not going to be as top tier as the Balor ones were. But I, I mean, I know uh, Baby Huey isn't a big fan of it. He, We kind of talked about it on the IG Live. But I'm kind of a fan of Cross. I like his look. I think he has a nice MMA type of background, the way he wrestles. It's not exactly pretty, but it's really hard hitting. And I really enjoyed this match. I haven't really seen the opinions, you know, on the internet, but I, I quite enjoyed this. I thought this was a really good match. Yeah, I mean, it was cool. You know, Scarlett, she really encouraged Cross to reach deep down and escape from uh, the rings of Saturn, which which Cross was, was uh, he was trapped in. That doomsday suplex, a couple rolling elbows to the back of the neck, and boom, 
he's the NXT champion once again. This is the out of all the takeovers Finn Balor's wrestled as champion. This is his only loss at takeover as champion. Is that is that something? That is something. I will say. I also talked about on the IG live that I'm not the biggest fan of Scarlet and doing like the tarot cards and kind of the voodoo stuff. And that I don't know if they're going to like explicitly like explain that or play it out to where, uh, yeah, when Cross was in a submission and Scarlet was like speaking in tongues and then all of a sudden he hulked up and that was pretty much like the gateway to the finish, which, yeah, I mean, for me, that was a little corny, but the action and the aggressiveness, I think, kind of made up for it overall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get to that main event double. But first, we got to talk about Mackenzie Mitchell talking to Legado del Fantasma. Santos Escobar cuts a promo, puts over Jordan Devlin. So he was kind of being a babyface in this promo. I mean, I don't know. Not saying he's turning full fledged, but he wasn't kind of over the top and you know pissing on the grave of Jordan Devlin. I mean, you know, he you know he's like okay, you know, give give him his props. He tried, but now it's going to be back to business once we get to Tuesday night. We get uh, a shot of the new women's champion, Raquel Gonzalez, in the crowd holding her belt. Then we go to a recap of the Adam Cole Kyler Rally feud. And uh, one thing I think helped night two compared to night one is they didn't have any time restraints with the USA. So you didn't exactly know how long the match was going to go. I believe it started around like the whatever 40 minute mark. So kind of 20 minutes before the top of the hour. But this match just absolutely went on forever. First, I didn't even think about this until the match started. Both men have new music. No one came out to the Undisputed Era theme. Philip, your thoughts on the new looks and the new ring entrances, new ring music for both of these men. Um, Adam Cole looks the same. It's just not the Undisputed Era logo on his gear. <laughs> he has like a new logo, but it kind of looks the same. Uh, honestly, I thought they were going to pull a move and I thought he was going to come out to the Ring of Honor entrance theme. And it kind of sounded like it with those first notes of this one. I was like, oh, oh did they do that? Like, no, 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 they didn't. But I mean, the entrance music, it's fine. It's whatever, you know. They were they were flacked by security and whatnot. Um, you know, Adam Cole, that 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 cold, icy, blue-eyed son of a bitch g- going into battle against a, a, his former friend. And, I mean, watching this video package, that, that line where O'Reilly said he sold his soul for the Undisputed Era, now he wants it back. I'm just like, oh, oh that's so good. Yeah, the sit-down promos, I think, that they've done with the prime targets, they also did kind of an interview with Samoa Joe. Those have been really good. Now, kind of with the interim and all the kind of back and forth they've done at the contract signing, running into each other uh, at the jujitsu gym and running each other off the road, which that was never really fleshed out. But anyways, uh, yeah, so the build wasn't exactly perfect, but I thought this match... It went all over the place. 40 minutes going back to the music real quick. Absolutely love Kyler Riley's theme song. Adam Cole's not the biggest fan. Might grow on me, but I do agree. Had a little bit of a hint of his ROH theme. As I, I said, I, I think not to cut you off. Sorry. I think we're just going to have to go back. You did. And, yeah, it's my show. I do whatever I want. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I think we're just going to have to like listen to them like on YouTube or something to kind of get the feel of it. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the match. Oh, Kyler Riley wins at 40 minutes and 18 seconds. Good God, this match went forever. This is something we've kind of seen with a lot of these main event, super duper grudge matches in NXT. They just go super long. The match itself was good, 
but I'm kind of getting sick and tired of these overly long matches, to be honest, for NXT. Yeah, I mean, they, they chanted both these guys, which I popped for that. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, I mean, Kyle O'Reilly got hit in the face with a uh, with a TV monitor. He got put through the stage. He got pulled from underneath the stage. Uh, it, 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 I mean, there, there, there was a chain. There was a toolbox, you know. Uh, he was brain he was brain busted on top of the steps, and then he hit that diving knee to the with the back of Cole's head while Cole was uh, on a on a chair for the victory. It was and he hit the last shot on Cole and that didn't didn't get the job done. And Kyle O'Reilly like after the brain buster on the steps, just just barely getting that shoulder up. That, that was that was brilliant. I like that. At forty minutes, I thought it was way too long, but I think the last. 10 minutes was was really good if you just kind of chop out like 10 15 minutes of kind of the middle filler stuff then i thought this match would have been so much better i agree i, I love the shoulder barely kicking out you know the kind of the the drama at the very end a little it dragged a little bit at times but the emotion and the story they were going for i really enjoyed yeah i think if it was like 25 to 30 minutes it would have been it would have been perfect yeah, we also got a ref bump because Adam Cole was getting pissed off at him for some reason, pushed him and hits the Panama Sunrise and is shocked that there's no referee to count the pinfall. So a referee or a heel being stupid, but uh, Adam Cole gets stretchered off or getting put on a back brace while Kyler Riley stands tall up on the ramp, looks on as his music plays. Absolute banger of a theme song. And where do they go from here? Kyler Riley stands tall. It was an unsanctioned match. Maybe Britt Baker and Adam Cole can conspire and say that that was unsanctioned, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't match. Who cares? Is Kyler Riley the next champion, the next challenger, maybe next champion, for Karrion Cross's NXT Championship? I don't know, man. I mean, he he needed this win. He's going to benefit from it in the long run. I, I don't I, I don't know. You don't. I don't think you want to put him up against cross right right away you know let, let it let him do something else we'll have to see on tuesday that's going to be the reset for a lot of this stuff but uh i mean all in all i, I thought this was a good one I'll, I'll give it a b plus thought it was cool so you got b plus for night two you got a c or c plus for night one so average about a b minus i'm gonna give night two a, a b plus as well so b plus all the way around i think i've been I haven't given an A, I think, for any show in a long, long time. It's NXT. It's kind of curved on a grade. It's kind of graded on a curve. This was a WWE show. This probably be like an A, A+. But that being said, I thought a really good show. Hard to top the top-tier NXT takeovers, especially with the limited crowd capacity. But for what they had, what they pulled off, you know, night one, more of straightforward wrestling. Night two, a lot more of the hardcore stuff. End of the Wednesday Night Wars, Philip. I thought this was a... Good cap, good for NXT overall, a good start to WrestleMania weekend. Now, this is the last show we got to WrestleMania. I got to ask you, what match, is there going to be a match at WrestleMania that will top any match from the show? Uh, yeah, there are a couple. I think, uh, I, I what think was the, what, for you, what was the overall best match of the show? For this one? Um, oh, man. I Night one and night two. What was your favorite match? Uh, I, I thought about it. I'll I'll go I'll go the Walter Chompa match for night one, even though the Chompa was just like eh. Night two, I mean, I think I'll go the main event, man. I think the I think I think I enjoyed the main event more out of anything on night two. Uh, and as we look towards WrestleMania, I think Cesaro and uh, 
and and uh, what's his name? Seth Rollins can steal the show. Think the triple threat for the Universal Title that will we'll be will do some really good work. Yeah, man. I mean, they're, they're, hopefully Sasha and Bianca deliver uh, at, uh, on Saturday night. Just, there's just a lot of good stuff coming up, man. What about you? F- favorite match for night one and two? Champa Walter night one, night two. I think I'm gonna go. I will go with the main event overall, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. I know I kind of dogged on it for the time, but I think for the story that they told and the feud and the rivalry and everything like that, I think overall it was good. I think I'm going to like Cross and Balor a lot more than most. Overall, going to WrestleMania. Match I'm most looking forward to, I, I think I want to see that triple threat match. Brian, Edge, Roman, mainly just to see what they can do. With the crowd, how are they going to react to Roman? First time with crowds since Roman's turned heel. Is Roman going to get a very positive reaction? Is he going to be almost the baby face, the favorite in that match? I know it's going to be hard with Dana Bryan. Dude, there, you, but... pe- you people are so terrible. Like, it, this man, he was just doing what he was told to by the company, and you booed him. And it took this man having cancer for you people to cheer him. Like, you people make me sick. You people disgust me. Don't cheer him. Don't cheer him. You don't deserve to cheer Technically, Roman. Technically, didn't he have cancer before? Okay but, we, okay, okay, but we didn't know about that. We, we didn't know. We, we, we didn't know about that, you know? Look, man, don't cheer. You people don't deserve to cheer Roman Reigns. I've been with Roman since the beginning. I've never booed him. I've never disliked him. I've, I've, I've been a fan of the – I've been a fan of the head of the table since the Shield days, through and through. Never turned my back on him. Yeah, you people don't, de- you people don't deserve to cheer him. People make me sick. You guys disgust me. I, I can't say anything because I may or may not have – told Roman Reigns that Brock Lesnar was going to fucking murder him while he walked past me at WrestleMania 31. Oh! Why would you say that to the tribal chief? He wasn't the tribal chief at that point. He was the he, big he, dog. He, uh, he, he's always been a tribal chief. We, ju- we just didn't know it. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Man, if we ever interview Roman, bro, you can't be around. I, I, can't, I can't protect you for what he might do to you. Like, if we're live in person, I can't protect you for what he might do. He might choke you out right there. We don't know. He might lock you in that guillotine choke. We don't know. Yeah, he's, really- a, he's a noted 49er fan. I might go at him. Oh, right. oh, oh. Just another God. layer. Another oh, layer to add Oh, it. my God. Let's not do it. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to wrap up NXT TakeOver. Stand and deliver recap for night one and two. We will be back Saturday night for the recap of night one of the biggest show of the year, WrestleMania. Uh, you can hear me on In The Click tomorrow night. I will be recapping AEW and I think SmackDown as well. This WrestleMania SmackDown, you can't miss it. Uh, it's good to be the champ once again, Le Champion out of BC one more time. I love it, I love it, I love it. Stay clean, stay strong, stay safe, stay quarantined. Diamonds are forever. So was the microphone, Messiah. Enjoy WrestleMania, everybody. This has been the broadcast. Thank you for listening.